following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. We're going to dive into the Word of God on this Sunday morning. And if you've been around Christian Life recently, you'll know that we are wrapping up a series today that uh, I got so incredibly creative with the title. Um, I really just, you know, I'm just very artistic and came up with a very, (laughs) it's not true. Here's the title of the series that we're in. Past, present, and future. Mind blown, aren't you? You're like, wow, how did you come up with something like that? Well, I'll tell you. Actually, reading Revelation chapter 1 and verse 8, and it says this. I love this. I I want you to understand that this is your God making this statement. And I want you to think about the authority that it takes to make a statement like this. Are you ready? I am the Alpha and the Omega. Oh, that's your God. That's the God that you serve. He's the Alpha and the Omega. And not, this is not somebody saying it about him. This is him declaring it, saying, I need... I need somebody in the room to understand that I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning and I'm the end, says the Lord God. I am the one who is, who always was, and is still to come, the Almighty One. What a, yeah, isn't that like, I don't know exactly, like when I think of how I want my God to be and things that I want Him to say like this right here? Yo, I, well, I can walk into work like what? Yeah, bring it. To know that that's the God that I've got on, on my side and behind me, that he's the alpha and the omega, which means he's the beginning and the end. Before him, there was nothing. After him, there will be, he is the very beginning. And he's saying, he wants us to know. He said, I need my people to understand that I'm the one that created all of this. And I'm the one that will, will bring a nice grand finale on when the timing is right. Like that, that is who I am. He said, I'm the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come. And what he's telling us, and I think what he wants us to understand through this, is that he's the God of your past. He's the God of your today. And he's the God of your tomorrow. And he inhabits all three. You and I can't effectively inhabit all three, but he is not bound by space and time like you and I are. And because he can inhabit all three, here's our job. Are you ready? This is not easy, but it's, here's our job, is to trust him in all three. To trust him with all three. Here's what I know about you, and, I, and I'm putting you into a category, so kind of forgive me. Kind of. You don't have to because it's true. Many of us find ourselves in one of three places in life. Again, not everybody, but generally speaking. There's some of you in the room today who are held captive by your past. That you've done some things. Maybe it was one thing. Maybe it was a, a string of things that led to some consequences, some things unraveling and unfolding in your life that you just can't get past. Maybe it was something that was, was done to you that was out of your control, things that were said to you 
that happened five years ago, 10 years ago, 15, whatever that past, whatever that represents for you, and you are held captive. You're living in today. You're here, but you ain't here. Your mind, your thought process, everything is in your past, and you're held captive by that. And because you're held captive, you can't have an effective present And you sure can't walk out the plans and the dreams and the hopes that God has in store for you because you're held captive by your past. There's others of you in the room who aren't held captive by your past. You've made peace with your past. But you're in today, and you're just going through the motions. No end in sight, just checking a box. You're not happy. There's no peace. You wake up, you do the same thing just because that's what we do. Go to the same restaurants every day. You eat the same thing for lunch. Have the same conversations at work. Same old problem. There's no joy. There's no contentment. You're, you're here, but you're not there. You're somewhere else. You're daydreaming. You're, you're not happy with what today looks like in your life. Your present is not what you want it to be. There's no fulfillment in today. And then there's others of you who, you know, your past may not be the major issue for you. And you're doing okay with today, but when you're in today and you start to think about what God has in store for you, or you start to think about your tomorrow, ooh, anxiety, boom, like you've never felt before. You start thinking about retirement. You start thinking about how you're, what's going to happen down the road, like did I save enough, how are my kids, what's going to happen with college, like, uh, 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 and your heart and your mind is flooded with anxiety and frustration. You're wondering, some of you are in today and you're wondering like, what is it out there, like I I don't feel like I'm there yet and I, I don't even know how to get there, I'm so confused And because you don't know anything about the future and you're trying to control it yourself, you're held captive by what's to come. And you're anxious. You're frustrated by it. It's causing you to also have a present that is undesirable. And so today, we're going to talk about your future. And we're going to talk about the plans that the Lord has for your life. We've dealt with our past. In week one, we've dealt with our present, and today we're going to deal with what the Lord has in store for us. And to do that, I want to start with a passage of Scripture that I'm not sure you've ever heard before. It is buried deep down in the pages of Scripture. It's kind of like the fine print. Like, if you're reading it, you might skip over it. It's Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. That's a joke, by the way. But, But I think it's important that we start here. It says this, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. So right off the bat, here's why it's so important, because there's some of us in the room today that aren't even sure if God has a plan for us. And you're not sure that that God has a plan for your life. You're not familiar with the word of God. I just want you to know what the word of the Lord speaks over you. And it's this, that there is a plan for your life, declares the Lord. And here's the beauty of it. It says plans to prosper you. And not to harm you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And so, it, it, as beautiful as that is, we have to have this understanding that He does have things in store for us. 
for you, for you, every one of us. And it may not look the same, but he does have a plan and a purpose for your life. And they're not plans to harm you. They're plans for your good. And so knowing that, and, and some of us, even, even if you didn't grow up in church or been to church in years, you've seen this posted on social media from somebody. One of those Jesus-following friends that you have. You've seen them throw, throw up Jeremiah 29, 11. You, 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 you know this passage of Scripture, but I do want to ask you if you've, if you've read a few verses before this passage of Scripture. Watch what verses 5 and 6 of the same chapter would say. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Oh, I I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. I know uh, there's some major amazing things in your future. But before you ever get there, I need you to build a house and I need you to settle down. I need you to plant gardens and eat what they produce. I need you to increase in number and not decrease. See, before we get to all the plans and the purpose in the future, the prophet Jeremiah lets us in on a little secret. It's that you've got to maximize where you are. Yeah, yeah, this is not fun, I know. We want that without anything today. We want plans and futures without planting gardens and eating what they produce. Lord, oh, come on, Lord, bring it on. Let it fall into my lap. I I just... Come to daddy. All the plans and the purposes and the dreams. But Pastor Red, where, where I'm at, there ain't much here. Like um, uh, you're saying to, to, to plant where I, there, there is, the soil here is pretty bad. I mean, I, the, the foundation of what I have to build on is pretty awful. And I, I want to ask you something. Actually, I want you to ask a simple question. Why don't you ask that, that, that tiny mustard seed if there was enough faith in it to move a massive mountain? I know it doesn't look like much, but I wonder if you ask the widow who had a small jar of oil, if that small jar of oil as she began to pour it was enough to fill all the jars that they had gathered. I know it doesn't seem like much, but what you have isn't nothing. But Pastor Brad, the, the, the soil, I mean, what, where I'm at right now, plan, plans and dreams and purpose sounds woo, so much better. If I could just get there, why don't you ask the young man who brought a sack lunch to a Jesus gathering one day. And he had five loaves and two fish. Why don't you ask him if it was enough to feed 5,000 plus women and children? See, if God calls you to it, he will always equip you for it. And it may not seem like what you have right now is much, but it's not nothing. See, the amount never mattered. What matters is what you do, where you are, with what you have. 
Why does it matter? Because every one of us is somewhere. Every one of us has something. And every one of us can do something where you are with what you have. It doesn't determine how much you have. It doesn't matter how, how, how great the environment is for you to, to do it with. No, no, no. It just matters what you do with what you have where you're at. Now, to, I like to get real simple with this, okay? So you are going to have to forgive my elementary thinking. We're right in the middle of the baseball playoffs. I don't want to cause a fight. I'm not, I'm not here to cause an internal fight between the church. There's a very important baseball game tonight versus the Houston Astros and the Texas Rangers. We're not, we're not, no. We can only cheer for the Longhorns, okay? That's all. I'm just kidding. But think about this. When you're playing baseball and you start at five or six years old, what do they call that? Do you know? Does anybody know? T-ball. Why? Because the coach will put a ball on a tee, and you'll have a, a kid whose pants are too short, socks and belt don't match, hat, you see kids out there picking daisies, <laughs> picking their nose, like any, they swing, woo, just, you know, like this is t-ball. They put the, the ball on the tee, and the child tries to hit the ball, and they run to first base. It's the most basic and elementary form of baseball. But did you also know that the stars that you will watch in the playoffs tonight that are hitting 450-foot home runs, do you know what they still do every day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They still do tee work. They put the ball on the tee, and they bow. You know why? Because they understand. They understand that a $500 bat can't fix a $5 swing. They understand that, that if I can get it right here off the tee, I can work what I've got where I'm at with what I have. And if I can do it here when I'm in front of the lights and when I see a 100-mile-an-hour fastball in the middle of the playoffs, what I'm doing right now will translate when I get to where I'm going. And so it's amazing how that works, what you do with what you have, where you are, even though it doesn't seem like much. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 10 says, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Don't, don't, I, don't, don't discard what's going on right now. Don't discard the garden that you have right now. I know it seems small, but it's preparing you. For what's to come. See, you'll find greatness when you maximize smallness. It's amazing how, how you find your destiny and you find your dreams and you, you're walking out the plans and the purposes that God has for you when you maximize the small season that you have right now. So my goal for the rest of our time today is really, I don't know, maybe it's the stage of life that I, I, I'm in. I turned last year and then we'll you know so the Lord has really <laughs> turned 40 last year and I know it's not old I'm not pretending that that's old but I, I think it just 
I don't know if it did something in me where just in a season of life where I, re- I really started thinking about the future, and, and it, it's happened over the last several years, probably since I was 35. I just felt this shift in me, or even I was worried about it and trying to navigate it and figure out what, the, what it all looked like and how it was all going to work out. And, it became, and, and the Lord, over the last several years, has really been teaching me something in my own life about the plans and the purposes that he has for me. And so I think for the next 15 or 20 minutes, what I want to try to do is deposit to you what he's downloaded in me um, about the plans and the future and the purposes that he's got for our lives. And, and I'm hoping by the help and the grace of God that I can do that. And today some of you will walk out of here having a better understanding of what that looks like in your life and how to walk it out. And here's, here's what I've come to the understanding of is that there's some of us who have absolutely no idea when I talk about plans and future, you know, what God has for you. That is so far like out of your vocabulary. You don't even know what I'm talking about. You can, what? God has what? That's okay. But then there's others of you who, who can see it, but you can't reach it. Right, like that you, you, you feel like you have an idea, like you know that God wants to do something in your life, but you just don't feel like it's accessible to you right now. And here's, here's one of the greatest things that God showed me and taught me about plans and future and purposes. It's this, is that his plan and his purpose for your life always calls for your involvement. Well, that's not much fun, Pastor Brad, because I, I want to sit on my beanbag and eat Cheetos, and I want, I want all the things that Jeremiah 29 has promised me. Oh, he's got plans to prosper me. I want, I want those to fall in my, and listen, you're welcome to sit on your beanbag eating Cheetos as long as you want. But do you know what you're going to have at the end of five years sitting on your beanbag eating Cheetos? I'm going to tell you what you're going to have. You're going to have yellow fingers and no plans or purpose for your life. Because you were waiting on it to fall in your lap. I'm colorblind, so it could be orange too. I don't know what what color. I don't like Cheetos. Genesis chapter 6. Let's watch this play out. Verse 9 says, this is the account of Noah and his family. Verse 14, the Lord is instructing Noah. He says, so make for yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build it. The ark is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, 30 cubits high. Make a roof for it, leaving below the roof an opening one cubit high. And all around, put a door in the side of the ark and make lower, middle, and upper decks. Here's the first thing that I want you to understand about your future. Is that God will give you the blueprint, but he won't build it for you. God, God will give you, God will give you the blueprint, but he's not going to do the work for you. God showed Noah the plans, but Noah still had to show up every single day 
Day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, he still, he still had to go cut and gather wood. And he had to haul the wood to the place where he was building a boat. And by the way, he wasn't building a little toy model boat. He was building a massive boat. Well, I don't know how to, I don't know how to do what you're calling me. If he calls it to you, he'll equip you for it. We've already talked about it. If he's called you to it, he will equip you for it. But he had to show up day after day when he didn't feel like it. He had to show up. When he didn't know what the next step was, he had the blueprint. He had to go pick up a hammer and he had to keep hammering and keep putting that nail in the wood to continue making what God, see, God will give you the blueprint, but he's not gonna build it for you. See, if, if God would have given him the blueprint and Noah would have sat back and said, well, who's gonna gather the wood? <laughs> not me, these Cheetos are good. Think about it. When God calls you to something, he'll equip you for it. For those of you who the Lord has shown you the blueprint, I need, I need you to know today, it's time to stop staring at the plans. <sighs> this looks so hard. <sighs> That's a big time to stop staring at the blueprints and it's time to start building just go gather some wood go cut some wood down and just bring it to where I know you don't know the details of how you're going to get I know just go get some wood go go find go find a hammer get the nails together start getting everything that you need to get together stop staring at the plans and start building it Pastor Brad last week talked about being patient and waiting on the Lord. And that's, I did, absolutely. But don't mistake patience for being passive. See, you're patient waiting on the Lord until he shows you the blueprint. But when he shows you the blueprint, it's your job now to start building it. Don't be passive. Don't be passive. It calls for your involvement. All the dreams that God is putting in your heart aren't going to come to pass if you don't start building it. Now, you got to build it. Now, I want to show you this, these two passages of Scripture, and I'll show you the second thing I want to make sure you understand. Proverbs 16 and 3 says this, commit your works to the Lord. Commit your works to the Lord, and your plans will be established. Watch, watch. Here's the second one, Proverbs 28 and 19. 28 and 19. Those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies will have their fill of poverty. So you got to build it. And here's the second thing I want to make sure you understand you got to build it and then you got to work it. You got to build it and you got to work it. You got to build it and you got to work it. Have you ever noticed that those who Jesus called to be disciples were working it before he called them. They were working something. The disciples, Peter, James, they were working the nets before Jesus called them into their plans. Into their, they weren't sitting back, just, 
Oh, you should hope that Jesus is going to come by one day and he's going to call and he's going to use me. Guess what? Jesus calls and uses people who are already working something. If you want to see the plans and the dreams that God has in store for you to begin to come to fruition, you got to work where you are with what you have. You got to work it. You got to work it. You got to work it. You remember, remember where David was right before the plans and the purposes that God had in store for him were to come to pass. He was working sheep on the backside of a mountain. Now, the Lord was about to anoint a new king and it was coming through the house of Jesse. Samuel was coming to the house to find one of Jesse's sons to anoint as king. And here's how it worked out. David's, David's working it on the backside of a mountain. His brothers, you know what they're doing? They're in the mirror. Making sure they smell good. Samuel says, bring Bring your sons forward. Here comes Abinadab. No. Here comes Eliab. The Lord has not chosen him. Seven brothers come by. What's David doing? On the backside of a mountain working. He was, he was dirty. He was smelly. He smelled like sheep. Stunk. First Samuel 16 and 11. Then Samuel asked Jesse a question, which hurts me as a dad. Are these all the sons that you have? Jesse didn't even believe in his own son, David, enough to call him in when Samuel was coming by to anoint the next king. And he says, well, I, I mean, they're still the youngest. He's back on the mountain over here working the sheep. exactly how verse 11 plays out. They're still the youngest, Jesse answered. He's tending the sheep, Samuel said. Send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. And so he sent for him, and when he had brought him in, he was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took, I wish I had a horn of oil. I thought it'd be so cool to just pour a whole horn of oil on somebody today. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> Took the horn of oil and anointed him. This is my favorite part. In the presence of his brothers. Yeah. Show him, God. 
And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Why? Because he was working what he had. Let me prove it to you some more. James chapter 2, verse 26 tells us that faith without works is what? Dead. So in context of our future, watch. You can have faith for what tomorrow holds, but if you don't work it, it will die. You can have faith for what your future holds and all the things that you've been dreaming and planning, but if you don't work it, they will never come to pass. See, you got to work it when it doesn't seem worth it. I'm tired of working it. I'm tired of building it. Ask David. Do you think he wanted to be by himself while all of his brothers are inside getting ready for Samuel to come by? It's stinky. It's smelly. It doesn't seem worth it sometimes, but it's always worth it. It's always worth it. Greatness came while he was maximizing smallness. Ask Noah. Oh man, sometimes it just doesn't seem worth it to work it. Noah, day after day. By the way, there's no rain in sight. And he's building what people have never seen before. Something so large. People walking by. What an idiot. Hey, have you lost your mind? What, what is this? People walking by. There's that crazy dude again. He's here every day. People making fun of him. People pointing fingers at him. People belittling him. But he had the blueprint. And get, no, no, hang on, hang on, listen. It doesn't seem worth it sometimes in the moment while you're working it. But can I tell you, at the sound of the first raindrops hitting the earth, Everything became worth it when he understood that God has prepared me for what he's called me to do. And when the rains came, all of the stuff that he had done was absolutely worth it. Now, here's the last thing I want to share with you. You got to build it. You got to work it. But when it comes to your your future, and, and this is even more talking about the things and the, the dreams that God has placed in your heart, the things that you've been dreaming up. God's not against planning. He's not against you dreaming. He just wants to make sure that you stay in his will with it. And so a lot of times I feel like some of us have been mistaking a detour for a roadblock. Proverbs 16 and 9 says, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Here's what I need you to understand today. 
as you're planning, as you're dreaming, as you're working, as you're building, understand and plan your future with contingencies. Make plans and prepare for them. But here's the key. Hold them loosely. Hold all the things that you want and all these dreams and the way that you think it needs to be accomplished and the way that you're going to get there. You can't hold it with a closed fist. You've got to hold it with an open fist. See, roadblocks keep you from getting to your final destination. A detour says, oh, you're going to get to your final destination. But it's going to be by a different route than what you thought. See, some of us, you were in a relationship that ended. Some of you thought you had a career path, but this was it, man. This is finally. And you thought it was a roadblock. God says, no, 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 it's a detour. I'm going to get you where, I, where you need to be. But here, here's what we have to have the understanding of, and it's hard sometimes because we think we know how to get to where we're going better than God knows how to get us there. But here's the understanding. You've never been to where God's trying to take you. So you don't have full understanding on the best way to get you there. He knows how to get you there. And so hold all these dreams and all these plans. Hold them loosely. God says, listen, I know there's some detours, but it's for your benefit. I'm not stopping you from getting there. I just know that there's a different route that we got to take because there's some stuff you need to know along the way. And here's the best wisdom I can give you on this right now. Before you get too far in this process, right now, and we're going to do this today. This is going to be our ending prayer. Go ahead and give God permission to tweak your plans. Save yourself a lot of heartache. And we're going we're gonna to end our time together today saying, Lord, I know that I've planned. I've got dreams. Man, Lord, I feel like you've called me to some amazing things. A massive future in front of me. And you're equipping me to do everything that you're calling me to do. But I'm, I'm giving you permission right now for any detours that you see necessary. Because when you have that understanding from the get-go, when the route changes in your GPS, you don't get angry, you don't get frustrated. You just say, okay, God, you know the best way for me to get where you're taking me. And so I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you even when I don't know. I've never been this way before. Mm, I wouldn't have gone that way if it were me. But you know what you're doing. Would you stand with me all across the room today? I wish I could like look in every single one of your eyes, like get really close, get really weird and awkward in your personal space. And I wish I could tell you 
to where you understood that God has a plan for your life. I don't care where you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care, you know, how spiritual you are or how spiritual you are not. God has a plan for your life. He's got something amazing in store for you. But you got to work. You got to work it. You got to build it. And so as we close today, I wonder if, you would join me in that prayer. That Lord, I know you have a plan for my life. There's no questioning that today. But I'm giving you permission to tweak my plan. To do, do whatever's best, Lord. I trust you. I've trusted you with my past. I've trusted you with my present. And I will trust you with my future. So dear Lord, I pray right now God, I'm so grateful for the amazing things that you have in store for your children. God, there's some things in here that if we knew the details of what you wanted to do in and through us, that our minds wouldn't be able to contain it. Lord, I think, I think there's some things that you want to do through Christian Life Austin, through this church. That if I as the leader knew the details of it, Lord, I believe they're so great and so massive that my mind would literally explode. Because that's how great you are. Because you have plans for our future. Plans to prosper us. But God, I pray that we would also have the understanding that we take our faith in what you're doing and we work it. We mix our faith with our work and we're gonna see we're gonna see it come to pass be with us for it's in Jesus name I pray and everybody said amen, amen. now listen listen before you clap let me tell you this one thing and I'm gonna dismiss you here's what's gonna blow your mind are you ready this is crazy how it works you're gonna be you're gonna be building it you're going to be working it. And you're not going to get to save the date. Watch. You're going to be building it and you're going to be working it. And then one day, without, without a whole big fanfare, without a bit, oh, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. No, 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 no. You're going to look back. Wait, wait, wait. I'm standing in the plans and the purposes that God has for my life. You don't get to save the date to it. You just work it and one day you're just like, baby, we're here. We made it. The Lord, this is what the Lord has promised us. It's amazing how it works, and I can't wait for you to experience it, but you won't experience it. Oh. So this week, we're going to put our faith together with our hammer, and we're going to go work the blueprint that the Lord has given us. And as you leave, I got one, I got one bit of homework for you. Are you ready? It's so easy, you don't even have to take it home. It won't, it'd be in class work. Do it before you leave. I want you to turn to somebody and say, God's got a plan for your life. Come on, turn to them right now, turn, tell them.
but you got to work it. Tell them, but you got to work it. Have a great rest of your day. God bless you. Thank you for being in church. We'll see you Wednesday night. Man, what a powerful, powerful service. My prayer and my hope is that it changed your life. I know God was moving and he was speaking to you through it. Hey, on behalf of our pastoral team and our leadership team, we just wanna thank you again for worshiping with us this morning at Christian Life Austin Online. We pray that this service remains in your heart and helps lead you to your next steps on your faith journey. And we wanna take a moment right now to give you the opportunity to give your life to Jesus. If you've never made that decision before in your life, whether you're in your living room right now or you're traveling, I know that Jesus will meet you wherever you are. Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You want salvation today? It is that simple. All you have to do is say with your tongue that Jesus Christ is Lord and also believe in your heart. Truly believe that God raised him from the dead. Let's take a moment and let's pray together. I'm gonna pray a prayer and maybe you wanna pray a very similar prayer to what I'm gonna pray, but let's pray together right now. God, we love you and we thank you. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for the gift of salvation given through Jesus. We believe that Jesus is Lord and we also believe that you, God, you raised Jesus from the dead. And God, we receive and we accept your salvation. We thank you for all you do for us. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Wow. Well, congratulations to everyone who made that decision. I'm so proud of you. And I want you to know that all of heaven is celebrating with you right now in this very moment. And we at Christian Life Austin are also celebrating with you as well. But hey, we know that this is only step one on the journey. We want you to know that you are not alone and we don't even expect for you to figure this whole thing out on your own. We wanna partner with you as we walk through our core values. Know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives of others. We would love to help you take your next step. Whether it's water baptism, joining a life group, or getting plugged in and serving through Growth Track, we have everything you need to make this process easy. And we wanna walk alongside you as you take your next step. We want you to know that you're valued here at Christian Life Austin and you're valued in the kingdom of heaven. Hey, we wanna know what your next step is. And we wanna know if you made the decision to follow Jesus today. So please click the link in the description so we can get connected with you. Again, thank you so much for worshiping with us here today at Christian Life Austin. And we can't wait to see you soon.